This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to Dale Borglum's Healing at the Edge. We are very happy to share with you Dale's profound insight and open heart. Please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dale to support this podcast. I talked before about how grief is often thought of as feeling sad because someone has died or someone has left. And certainly that is the often the strongest and the most common way we think about grief. But I would suggest that grief is any negative emotion that we're caught in as a result of feeling separate. So that grief are negative emotions arising from feeling separate, whereas compassion is the quality of feeling connected. And that Rumi wrote where he says, grief is the garden of compassion. We're working with being alert to places where we feel separate, where we're feeling grief, learning to transmute that through heart practice into feelings of connectedness. Stephen Levine talked about having a reservoir of grief. Your brother just died this last week, was it you said, just a few days ago. You would probably feel that you're grieving because your brother died. And I would suggest that it's larger than that. It's that all the grief that you have experienced in your life has been only partly processed. That there are things you lost as a child, there are things you lost as a young adult, people, relationships, identities. We process them to a certain extent, and what we can't process, we kind of shove down in there. We shove it deep down in the belly, into the dark deep, and create a structure in our life, a personality structure, so that we can still find entertainment, we can still raise our kids and make some money and and have a kind of a semi-normal, workable life. And then something comes along that shatters that structure, like the death of your brother. And that is not just the death of your brother, but it uncovers all of the unresolved grief. So that it's really useful, I find, to do what I call conscious grief work. Occasionally, particularly when grief is really up as it is for you right now, to get really quiet in a protected place, home in your bedroom or far out in nature, and invite the grief to come. Without naming it, I'm feeling this because my brother died or because my relationship ended or whatever, but I'm just feeling these feelings in my body, 
And sometimes you, you invite it to come, it doesn't come, and other times it does. But you're giving the grief itself a chance to be met, and that probably during no other time in your life is your heart going to be as open as it is when you're in the active grieving process. It's ripped open in a way that, that certainly I would not choose for you and I would not choose for me, but when it's there, it's there. Can we use that then as a, an opportunity for healing the heart in ways that are almost impossible to do in any other way. And even if you're not in an active grieving process, just the times to go out somewhere in some sacred place and invite the grief to come to heal the heart. And whether we're talking about gratefulness or forgiveness or compassion, they're really all different words for kind of the same thing. Often at the root of... Uh, Unresolved grief is a feeling of having not forgiven oneself. Just doing a simple self-forgiveness practice of putting your name in the sentence saying, Dale, I forgive you, and just saying that over and over again, but really focusing on what that would feel like rather than listening to the words. Just use the words to keep the mind busy, but really keep imagining what it would feel like to be forgiven. And that, in a way, is working very directly with the grief. Okay, why don't we do a guided Tonglen practice then together? As I mentioned, sometimes you'll be in the heat of your life, driving somewhere, talking to somebody, and you just feel that you'd like to do Tonglen for a few breaths, and you just breathe in somebody's suffering, and you breathe out the antidote. The whole thing takes 10 or 20 seconds. But at other times, you really want to go into it for a place in yourself or somebody that you've been in relationship with. Sometimes I find that if I'm lying in bed at night, rather than counting sheep, I'll do Tonglen for all the people I know who are suffering, which turns out to be everybody I know. <laughs> so I do a breath for this person and a breath for that person and people in my groups and people in my family. And it's just a lovely way to open your heart as you're going to sleep at night. So we will do it in a more formal way, and uh, what I'm saying, though, is that you're perfectly welcome to, at times, just go to step four of the actual taking and sending process and go directly to working with the love and compassion. But let's begin in our, with our, our, our basic meditation practice and begin by just for a moment examining your motivation. What is it you want? What is your heart's desire? You're going to die, but you don't know when. Letting this motivation bring you more fully into the present with courage, with clarity, and invoking then that which you trust, being willing to receive the blessing of that which you trust, allowing the body-mind to more fully trust and open, 
trusting that you don't need to manipulate or improve or fix your moment-to-moment -moment experience. Bringing this trust into the physical body by taking a few grounding breaths, egg laying breath down into the earth that supports and nourishes. A few centering breaths down into your lower belly. Paying attention from your belly rather than to your belly. And from this place of centeredness, ask, is there a place in you that has been suffering lately that has been, that is willing to be looked at to be healed, to be brought into the light of awareness and compassion might not be what the mind initially expects. Ask with curiosity, with openness, and then imagine that this part of you that's been suffering either as the adult that you've recently been experiencing or maybe some childhood form that was there when this pattern began, is seated in front of you. Begin by opening your heart, remembering a time when your heart was warm and connected, or imagining that your heart is filled with sky-like spaciousness. And then looking at this person sitting across from you, looking at his or her face, the expression, the posture, showing you the quality, the depth of pain that this part of you has been feeling. Beginning to feel directly what this part of you has been experiencing. Being willing to feel how this pain has limited your life, how it's something that again and again you pull back from.
It's diminished your ability to love. Having a deepening relationship with the pain, the suffering of this part of yourself. And beginning then to feel compassion, a wish that she or he be free from suffering, that she or he might be healed from the cause of the suffering. deepening sense of compassion, the spacious open heart leading the suffering of this part of suffering you. Deepening, deepening compassion. deepening to the point that you want this part of yourself to be free from suffering so acutely that you become willing to take that suffering into you. And as you breathe in, you begin to imagine that the suffering is coming out of this other person. And with compassion, you're bringing it in through every pore of your body into your heart of hearts. With the optional visualization that the suffering is congealing as hot, dark smoke. And out of your heart of hearts, then, you sent as the antidote, as cool white light, with loving kindness to this suffering part of you. The antidote might be strength, it might be health, it might just be love. Focusing mostly on feelings of deepening compassion as you take on the in-breath and deepening feelings of loving kindness as you send on the exhalation. And then imagine that this part of you is joined by countless other people who are suffering in roughly approximately the same way that you have been suffering. You know they're suffering so well because it is so similar to your own. All these countless people arrayed in front of you, and as you breathe in, you begin to once again open to their suffering, 
deepening feeling of compassion just as you did this for yourself before. Wishing that each of them be free from suffering just as you wish to be free. Once again, then beginning the same practice as you become willing to take in their suffering. On the in-breath, the optional visualization of the suffering congealing is hot there, smoke. Deep feeling of compassion, taking the suffering into your own body. On the out-breath, sending the antidote with the optional visualization of cool white light. Bidding all these people farewell. And just for a few minutes, doing Tonglen for the other people in this room. People whose stories you only very vaguely know about. Don't really know the shape of the suffering particularly. But having a deep, deep wish that the other people in this room might be free from suffering. That all the people, including yourself, all the people in this room might be free from suffering. And once again, then begin the basic practice of breathing in, taking with compassion, breathing out, sending with loving kindness, cutting at the very root any place that you feel special, being willing to take on the suffering of others, trusting that your heart is infinitely large, boundaryless, nothing to protect. Becoming empty of self-clinging, deep compassion,
Coming back then into your own body, breathing in and out of your heart. Heart supported by a full belly. Supported by a feeling of being centered, inhabiting your base. Clear awareness of that which arises. Spacious, compassionate heart. Whenever you notice grasping, coming back to being present with absolutely no violence. Learning to love yourself in that simple moment where you see that you've been caught. Bringing a bell is a rather interesting notion. Does it mean to stop being compassionate? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so there's another practice I'd like to mention. It's called compassionate abiding. And it's kind of like Tonglen in an extremely abbreviated form for yourself. And it's just one breath long. You notice that you're caught. On the in-breath, you breathe clarity into this place in your body where you feel your caughtness. And on the out-breath, you breathe spaciousness into that place. Now, it's called compassionate abiding, and I never did mention compassion. But this notion of spaciousness is... Uh, certainly a code word for compassion. So that you probably have a very habitual way of holding tension in your body. Many people do it in the same way. When we're holding on to a sense of I, there is often a slight or not so slight raising of the shoulders and a tightening in the lower belly. So this notion of being centered somatically is really Releasing the shoulders, not pushing them down, just letting them be. Dropping down into the lower belly and bringing some strength into the lower belly. It's not just completely flopping in there, but it's bringing some strength into the lower belly. There's that sort of warrior-like quality, if you will. I remember one day I had a very busy morning. I had been on the phone a lot. People were having the problems that people have. And I decided I was going to drive into town and get my mail at my post office box in Fairfax. It was a beautiful summer day, California, summertime. I get out of my car and I'm walking to the post office. And I realize that I'm still thinking about my office. And I just did one breath of breathing in clarity, awareness into my shoulders and breathing out spaciousness. And all of a sudden, I felt the sun on my head. I felt my feet on the ground. 
I felt what a beautiful day it was. And it was just one breath of everything completely shifted. It's something you could do in the heat of wherever you might happen to be. In truth, most people report, and it's been my experience, that doing Tonglen is often not something that you do in the heat of a complicated interaction with somebody. Although, if you're a therapist and you're not busy talking, but you're busy listening, it certainly is possible to be letting your client talking about her situation and you're just doing Tonglen. A friend of mine who used to be a kind of a well-known psychologist was at a conference for well-known psychologists and they have lunch around those big round tables at the hotel dining room, right? There was somebody at, across from him at the table who was clearly uh, really emotionally struggling. So without saying anything at all, he was just eating his lunch, he started doing Tonglen for this guy across the table. And at the end of lunch, a third guy came up to him and he said, I'd just like to thank you for what you were doing. That was so beautiful watching that love and compassion go back and forth across the table. It was so kind what you were doing for that guy. But even somebody, I mean, somebody could actually see the Tonglen happening. So when we encounter suffering, do we push it away? Do we say, I don't want to feel that, that looks painful? Do we get lost in it and say, oh my God, that's really must be horrible? Or can we open our hearts to that and again and again and again, cutting through those places where we feel that we're inadequate, we need to protect ourselves, we're busy doing other things? How simple would your life be if you were motivated moment to moment by compassion? Not, do they like me? Am I getting enough? But what is the compassionate thing to do? His Holiness the Dalai Lama has this wonderful quote, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. <laughs> I think that it's fairly clear that if you're practicing compassion, how can you not be happy? Because you're just expanding your heart again and again and again. So, when I was first teaching these facilitating groups or whatever, I was more in my head and sometimes the group would get kind of like that. And I, I just start doing Tonglen for the group. Somebody would be talking and I'd be like nodding and doing Tonglen inside and things would really calm down in the room. It's, it was, it's almost like magic. Just try it, try it. But it really does depend on the depth that you're willing to feel the suffering of that other human being, to be able to be with it. And at first there is a, often a concern about being overwhelmed by the suffering that's in the world. And as we protect ourselves, we get exhausted. We get tired. It's hard work to protect. There's nobody to protect. The ego has a very hard job. It doesn't exist. And it's time to protect itself. <laughs> I mean, it exists in some way, obviously. We don't have to get into that whole thing, but my guru said love is more powerful than electricity. <laughs> love is stronger than anything. And if, if we think our love isn't as strong as black magic or 
craziness or woundedness or something, then, yeah, but practice. Let's do this guru yoga practice together. And begin by looking at your motivation. Do you really want to merge in love with the beloved? Do you really want to realize your unity with that which is whole, with that which is love, with that which is wisdom? What is it you really want? And with this motivation, then, ask yourself, what form of the sacred do you want to merge with? What form of the sacred do you want to have revealed as actually being your nature? Ask from your heart. It will probably be the one that you expect, but not necessarily. And then, please, Imagine that this being is coming into the vicinity of where you are and is seated right in front of you now in her or his radiant form. And not only are you seeing this being, but you are emotionally responding to being seated in front of the deity. What a blessing. What grace. To be in the presence of pure love, pure wisdom. And out of the heart of this deity, this being, this guru comes a ray of golden light that comes into your body and any place that you are still holding on to illusions of separateness or unworthiness or fear, those places are permeated with this golden substance filling every cell of your being permeating every corner of who you are with this golden substance that is pure consciousness, that is your true nature. You are made out of the exactly identical substance, this same God stuff of this being seated in front of you. You are radiance. No impurity, nothing to understand, no enlightenment to be sought. The light is here, ever present. Nothing to accomplish resting in the radiance of your own true nature. 
your body one merging with the body of this deity, no separation. And at the same time, you have a physical body. You have two legs and two arms and a head and a torso. Your body breathes, your heart beats, the mind moves. But this is happening in the context, moment to moment arising in the context of wholeness, of total oneness, beyond accepting and rejecting, beyond even life and death. And even though we're going to end this meditation and jump back into our personalities to a certain extent, this truth, the truth of this moment, can never be diminished. It has always been and always will be. We are this love, which is often expressed as compassion for all beings. May all beings realize the ecstatic, transparent nature of their minds. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.